0: back to episode 43 of the Lockdown Blues podcast. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Tom Swelch. And Tommy, episode 43. Can you name me any blues players who have worn that number? If not, I got the list right here for you. 43? Yeah, not off the top of the dome. You All can right. just pull up the list real fast. All right. So in, from 2017 to 2019, Jordan Schmaltz wore number 43. You got Taylor Chorney mm-hmm. in 2012. Mike Weaver. Mike Weaver, sorry, from twenty to, from 09 to two thousand ten. Mike Stewart was the longest tenured f- number forty three in the Blue Note from two thousand four to two thousand six. Uh, Mike Van Ryan, who's now behind the bench, Ward from two thousand three, and then a bunch of names I can't even pronounce. So yeah, episode forty three, the Mike Van Ryan episode, if you will. So yeah, we are the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network, your source for number, your daily source. Blues content, excuse me, and we got a fun one today. Uh, we're gonna recap the, the tough loss last night to the Panthers, um, talk about some news around the NHL, and prep for Wednesday's game against Anaheim and Friday's game against San Jose. But uh, sort of a loose episode today, nothing too, nothing too uh, set in stone to talk about. Uh, first things first, Tommy, what do you think of the loss against Florida last night, Monday night in St. Louis? Um, I don't,
1: I don't think too much of it, honestly. I mean, obviously boys were I think they were playing four games in six days or something like that so it, you can kind of tell um, their demeanor kind of from the start of the game they didn't look like uh, the usual energetic up and atom team that we're used to seeing high intensity all that stuff they looked a little bit gassed and it's understandable uh, but at the same time like the boys said like Jordan Bennington said these are crucial games coming at this point and with a team coming in as hungry as uh, the Florida Panthers, can, that are kind of on that bubble trying to get into a playoff spot uh you got you gotta kind of hunker down and into- uh dig deep as they say so yeah
0: absolutely i mean i talked about it on the on the monday episode the solo episode um i talked about uh just the fact that i thought the panthers were just from the get-go a hungrier team solely due to the fact that they were three points out of a playoff spot in two different scenarios three points out of the wild card but also three points out, out of a divisional spot so they had a lot to play for last night uh and the blues lesser lesser so Obviously, they're they're in a tight battle for the top of the division, but just based on pure pure necessity of a win, it was uh, favoring the Panthers in that sense. And also, like you said, four games and six nights uh, with a back to coming off of a back to back. It's definitely not ideal <laughs> for for a team to, to win a hockey game, not the ideal situation, especially against a team that has talent like Florida um, and whose goaltending finally kind of stepped it up for them. Uh, I remember I talked about it. I said if if the Blues are going to win this game, Florida needs to have some shaky goaltending and then Blues need to take advantage of the, the lack of defense and the lack of goaltending, but Florida did a really good job of locking St. Louis down and not really allowing too many prime scoring opportunities. Uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's just tough to see the forwards Fail to execute as they did. I think um, what was it like? Their top their their top four scorers had a combined one shot on goal last night. Schwartz had zero shots. Uh, Perron had one. O'Reilly had one. You know, guys like that, you need producing more. Braden had zero. Yeah, so guys like that, you really just need to produce more. Uh, the defense is buzzing as always. Losers second in the NHL in defensive defenseman goals. So that's always uh, been a positive for the blues but right now is is uh, our last game was uh, an example that we've seen somewhat frequently the forwards uh, maybe get stuck in their defensive end a little bit too much focus on the defensive end of the game a little bit too much and can't get the offense rolling and like that's what we saw last night i don't think there was a whole lot of uh, domination from the blues like we're used to but to get into the uh, to get into the individual uh, Game, the goals in the game, I should say. Uh, it opened up uh, pretty back and forth. First period was relatively close between the teams, ended 0 0. Uh, shots were 11 to 11, pretty even. Didn't really indicate either way. And then That first goal was a lot of fun. Uh, Robert Thomas slides it over to Colton Pareko, who just walks up to maybe about the hash mark and unleashes an absolutely furious clapper past the goalie.
1: Almost ends, uh, almost ends Steen's life right there (laughs)
0: on the screen. Oh my my God! Oh my God! Yeah, he he dove into that bunker hella fast. I mean, you look at Colton Pareko from like last year and even earlier this season. I feel like one of the biggest criticisms with him was always his his hesitance to unleash that slap shot. He almost always seemed like A, he was afraid of missing the net and B, afraid of taking someone's head off Um, and I think last night was really the best time or the the most memorable time I can think of of him just saying I don't care where I am I don't care who's in front of me I don't care where this puck goes I am just shooting it with all my might and I think he's starting to learn that he's got a, a truly elite weapon in that slap shot, something that very, very, very few guys in the league have. And he's starting to utilize that more, score more goals. He's been scoring a lot more uh, as of late, so ever since has arrived. He's been getting his offensive numbers up. And I think a lot of that has to do with comfort and his, his ability to, to take those shots from closer and, and put them on net a little bit more accurately than he has in the past.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I'm pretty sure his goal against Florida, that was his 10th of the year, and that's his that ties his career high, which he just got last year. So he's trending up in the right direction. Uh, he's been hot lately. Like you said, he's been tapping into that offensive potential that we, we've all been asking for for so long. Um, so it is nice to see, and he also got some uh, – Words of encouragement from Pat Maroon on the spin
0: Chiclets Spitting yeah. Chiclets podcast. Yeah, that he uh, was the that. best defender in the league. <laughs> uh, well, he didn't exactly say he was the best defender in the league. He said mm, <laughs> he beat the, around the bush. The, but... the the It's a more clickable right. quote. <laughs> well, well, the, I think I honestly think that the way he said it almost gives Pareko more credit. He said he's not necessarily the best defender in the league at the moment, but if I'm picking a defenseman to start my team with, I'd, I I am I without hesitation pick Colton Pareko. Yeah. That's that was the full quote which I think honestly does more justice to Perico because it's one thing to be the best defender in the league it's another thing to be like a franchise cornerstone like Maroon was implying like the guy you want to build your team around and I think that's extremely high praise you know Maroon played with him but Maroon's also played against him and I think he really gets the idea of, of, of his ability and his skill we've been saying it for a while that Pareco's underrated and he, he had a rough start to the year I think the underlying numbers were not in his favor and he wasn't really putting up the stats that we wanted but lately he's found his Comfort zone, and he's, you know, playing twenty-ish minutes a night, and really dominating out there. Like, like we saw in the playoffs. I think last year's playoff run, he was maybe the team's best player in, in the down the stretch in the final series.
1: Yeah, honestly, I don't think we won the Stanley Cup without Colton Pareco last year.
0: Mm-mm. I feel he's like that's a, a fair that's a fair assumption. He's a special, special player. University of Alaska yeah, so Fairbanks, uh, coming out of nowhere, Just sprouting up to sprouting up to six six after being only six two at the beginning of his draft year. Oh, what a what a story! What a story! Third round pick. Oh, it's, it's, it's exciting and, and now he's blossoming Into one of the best Defensemen in the league uh, Got a rocket of a shot and we gotta talk about the Robert Thomas assist too, because he's 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 starting to find those no find those uh find the point sheet a lot more. He's finding the open he man. Is. Yeah, he's finding. He I field. just wish he would shoot more, man. There
1: was that. there's one play in particular I think it was in the third period. We were on the power play, and he had the puck wide open in the slot. And he tried to slide it over to I think it was Schwartz, like through traffic, and it just careened out and went back into the neutral zone. But if he can just. Obviously, his playmaking ability is elite, just elite levels. Um, NHL (laughs) likes to drill that home into it um, on Instagram comments. But if he can just find that balance between of like, okay, this is the time I can make a pass and give somebody an easy goal between, okay, there's not really a pass here, but I've got a wide open shot. I should take it. If he can find that balance, he's going to be uh, just... Not that he's not going to be anyways, but he can take his game to the next level.
0: Absolutely, and I think we've seen that a lot with the Blues. Not just Robert Thomas, we saw that with Tarasenko even a little bit of of him just yeah. being a little hesitant to shoot, a little a little bit too much dusting off, a little bit too much. Should I pass? Like just kind of unlocking that killer instinct of not even considering a pass, just saying, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this puck and I'm gonna put it into some one inch slot in the net. Just having the ability to do that, having the the hockey IQ to uh, recognize and make those split second decisions to maybe fire a puck on net and. Instead of, instead of looking for the better pass, even though there could be a wide open pass. You know, it's just one of those things. I think it takes time. I think it comes with confidence. It comes with comfort. Um, anytime that you see a guy like struggling to score goals or not as comfortable with his goal scoring, he's always going to choose pass first. And we saw that, we've seen that with Schwartz when he's in his in his funk. We've seen that with Tarasenko. We've seen that with you. Know, I'm sure you can look at any team, any player in the NHL. You can say that there's been times when they've been a little bit too too willing to pass. Um, and and he's young. He's making some spectacular passes. Uh, he's always been more of a playmaker than a goal scorer, but I think I think you're definitely right that once he takes that next step and learns when he can shoot versus pass, we might see we might see the the ten goal forty assist season turn into like a thirty goal or twenty goal fifty assist sixty assist season because when you start to be able to have that ability to shoot, uh, defenders aren't just going to look at you and assume you're going to pass; they're going to have to guard the shot, which opens up even more passing lanes, even more opportunities for you to be creative offensively. And there's really maybe no one more creative offensively on this team than Robert Thomas.
1: Yeah, I I could not agree more. So hard, but that's, maybe that's, that's a bit of, a hot take. Uh, no, yeah, I, so. I mean, it, there's there's a couple times, at least a couple times a game where he makes a pass and you're just like, how? First of all, how did he see him? Second of all, how did he get the puck over there, like right where he needed it to be? It's just, yep. it's just.
0: It's it's honestly like poetry in motion to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. So blues are up one-nothing at this point. Uh that didn't last. We'll cover the rest of the rest of the game right after this break. All right, Tommy. So blues are up one-nothing. Things are looking good. And then the Panthers get a power play. Mike Hoffman takes a shot from the point doesn't work, takes a few steps in, gets the puck right back and fires it in between Bennington's elbow and his body to, to tie the game up 1-1. I mean, that's it's a power play goal. Not much you can do if you're the Blues, other than not take a penalty in that situation. But Mike Hoffman's one of the best one of the best shooters in the league when he's on, and there's a reason the Blues have liked him for so long, because he can make plays like that, just position himself in the slot, get the puck and fire it in like, like, like that, just within a blink of an eye and you know, in a game where the Panthers weren't really, neither team was really sniffing the net too much. Uh, Panthers tied it up one, one there and really captured momentum for the rest of the game. Uh, you know at that point it's late late in the third or late in the second sorry um, a time where the blues really could have bared down and taken killed off that penalty and taken a one nothing lead into the third period which would have had a different game would have had a completely different outlook if that happens but heading into the third tied 1 one and then the a bit of a bit of a back and forth starts to the third period and and then a really weird play happens. Vince Dunn is battling with a Panthers player behind the net gets bumped into the back of the net which then moves forward, hits Jordan Bennington in the back and in the skate, knocks Jordan Bennington over, and then the puck pops out front. And uh, Brett Connolly fires it into an empty net because Jordan Bennington sprawled out on the ice from being knocked over by the net. It, it was a weird one. And I don't
1: know, yeah, I don't know if they, I don't know
0: if you can call it interference there, but I think the case could be made. The case um, could absolutely be
1: made that I, I don't think Vince done like he didn't get a chance to get to the puck because he was scared by, um by the Panthers player and then obviously yeah the the bar hitting Bennington in the back of the head and knocking him off balance just honestly it was just kind of one of those games yeah it was weird and it looked like it's one of those games where like um the Panthers were kind of getting puck bounces and the puck was kind of bouncing over the blue sticks and everything so you could kind of see like the momentum and how
0: it was going sometimes those weird goals are the difference in the game, and that's kind of what happened. Absolutely, like I remember there was like the one. I mean, this is a one random one that that points out to me. I couldn't tell you when in the game it was, but it was a uh, Tyler Bozak was literally skating up to the puck in the slot, uh, about to, about to pick it up, and it just bounces over his stick. Like, and it just made him look like he was a uh, like a like a an eight year old night player out there just skating past a easy puck. And it, it was it looked so strange. Uh, just it hopped over a stick, goes down the other end of the ice. But you know, as you as we kept watching, as I kept watching, I noticed. A lot of those bounces were, were happening, maybe, maybe something with the ice, maybe whatever. One, just one of those nights, pucks bouncing funny, players weren't used to it, players were tired. I think we really, we really haven't hammered that home yet, but like we've said, four games and six nights, they looked tired. They looked exhausted out there. Um, I'm impressed with the way that they hung around with a very hungry Florida team. Uh, Florida's putting a lot of shots Credit in, Credit to uh,
1: Yeah Credit to Florida's defense By the way Because they had 23
0: blocks On the night Which is Yeah 23 blocks that's, that's pretty impressive Honestly um, That's a lot was, of bullets To take Yeah I was I was critical Of Florida's defense Um heading into the game I said that they that they needed or the Blues needed to really take advantage of that and get the puck to the middle of the ice and get pucks on net but Florida did the opposite Florida kept the middle of the ice clogged up they they made the shooting lanes very difficult to access and they blocked a lot of shots and when they didn't block shots the the goalie was there to answer answer the bell uh pretty much every time except for a Colton Pareco, you know, clap bomb from the top of the circle, which you can't really ask for too much help on if you're a goalie. Um, no. But it's just, its just again, I said this about the New Jersey game. It's just one of those losses that's going to happen. As, as, as much as that seems like a cop-out answer, it's just one of those losses where you got to just shrug your shoulders and be like, eh, it's an 82-game season. Can't win them all You know You don't really feel Bad about this loss You don't really be like You don't feel like Man this team played Like absolute crap Like I'm worried About the next game I think if the Blues Played Even even though I don't Think they don't They didn't play up To their full potential In the Florida game Just because of the fatigue I think if they play That way You know All the time They'd be fine Like it wasn't It wasn't a dreadful Performance from the Blues It was just one Where they struggled To get the offense going they, The legs were a little tired the, They were a little bit Sluggish A little bit slow And it just it, And it came And it hurt them Against a really hungry team that. Was maybe treating this like a playoff game? It's, it's eh, eh. That's how I feel about that loss. Is eh? Like yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, you can kind of look at the hits and realize that the Blues were
1: fast. I mean, they had six on the night, and I think the game before they had thirty-four or something ridiculous. Obviously, they weren't away from their style of play if they're not banging bodies right. in the boards and playing a physical style of game, um, okay. but honestly one thing I will take away from this game that I would like to see the boys work on is I mean we've been talking about it all season into the Stanley Cup last year um, but the power play has got to be better and I don't know if it's if it's fixed by putting the second unit out there first because the first unit just doesn't know what they're doing or what's going going on but that first power play it looked like uh, we were on the kill and I'm sure Bennington felt like that too and it's just not
0: it's not acceptable. Yeah, it's strange to me just like the 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 disparity between the power plays and just like the, the performance of this team on any given shift or any given whatever like they can have a power play where they just look like they're, they're an all-star team you know dunking d- dunking on other teams during practice completing crisp passes finding wide open plays getting shooting lanes and just scoring like that because their power play over the over the entire year has been extremely dangerous it's been top 10 top 5 in the NHL um, so I think you gotta credit Mark Savard where credit is due but every once in a while they have a game where they just come out and look like they've never practiced a power play in their life and it's very strange um, how that can happen Um, how they can go from because it's not like they're getting shots and just not scoring they're not even getting opportunities they're not setting up they're not getting comfortable and I think it really comes with um the way that I can't they, tell you how many power plays yeah. we had that just ended with no shots on goal yeah. so frustrating yeah and I feel like it has a lot to do with their inability to dictate the pace of play in games like that you know when the blues are hot they're dictating the pace of play they are saying okay we are playing hello other team you are playing blues hockey for the next 60 minutes whether you like it or not have fun uh, and you know it's grinding out it's grinding it's it's slow and then with the occasional occasional uh, ice will open up and chances will go back and forth but for the most part it's slow methodical uh, playing in the corners playing behind the net uh, and doing what the Blues want to do and then then, and then, you get that power play and the Blues are like okay now we'll open up the ice a little bit now we'll establish our dominance but in a slightly different way with a slightly more offensive uh, mindset and I think in games like this one against Florida where they never really found their stride they never really found their footing they, they hung they hung around in the game absolutely they played really well but they never really found their footing in the sense that they had a solid team identity a solid five man unit identity out there they weren't really playing as one unit. They were playing as five guys out there. It's just tough, you know, they're tired. Uh, it's been a long, long week, long season. You know, you can't fault them too much, but I think that it, it all comes down to like the power play. It all comes down to when the five on five is is dominant and rocking and, and playing together. Then the power play is going to be even better, just because you know you're 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 executing what you know you can execute, but with one less opponent on the ice versus in a game where you're really struggling to find footing. A power play doesn't mean too much in the sense that you st- you're still struggling to find footing, even though you have a man up.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just, it's just frustrating because even if you don't score on the power play, it's supposed to, like, give your team momentum, right? I mean, you're peppering the peppering the goalie with shots, ideally, um, and getting a lot of pucks on net. So that's going to give you some, like, okay, put a little pep in your step. But half the time, it feels like the Blues, like, their power play almost takes the wind out of their sails because yep. if they don't get any shots on goal, then they're, like, oh, like, shit, here we go again. Like, you yep. can't even hit the net. Yep. Um, but, Yeah. It's just, it's, it's tough to see from the boys. And obviously like, I think what you're saying is right. And I think everybody can agree that five on five is definitely like the meat and potatoes of hockey games. And that's essentially what's going to win you the most games. But there are games like against Florida where it comes down to a power play goal and Florida had one power play and they scored on it. And we had two and didn't score and we ended up losing by a goal. So it can be the difference in games. We saw that against Florida. We saw that against uh, Boston, in the Stanley cup finals. So
0: yeah, definitely. It's just something to think about. Definitely. All right. I think that's enough of talking about a tough a tough loss. So we're gonna get into some uh various NHL news when we get back from when we get back from this break. All right, Tommy, we're back. We're back. Final stretch, home stretch of the Epi. Um looking around the league, first thing that comes to mind for me last night, Nathan McKinnon. Falls with the boards awkwardly. Weird, weird little weird little play, gets tripped up, leg, legs at an odd angle, hits the boards, goes off in a lot of discomfort. You hate to see that. He's one of my favorite players in the league to watch night in night out, even if he's on a rival team. Um, you really hate to see that for Colorado. He's one of their best players, one of the most dynamic players in the league, and, and uh, seeing him go down with an injury like that at a time like this is never, ever something you want. But uh. yeah, I think it's like it's a, it's like you hate to see it because it gives the
1: Blues essentially like an uptick in their percentage to win the Stanley Cup, right? But you also actually do hate to see it because he's such a good player, and like that series against Colorado, if it does happen, um, would be so dynamic and so energetic. And you, I like I want to beat a Colorado team that's at their best, you know, not oh, like a nice. beaten and battered like. It's kind of like with the San Jose Sharks, like. Whenever I think there was that one game with that screenshot of like half their bench was empty. It almost felt yeah. like, I don't even like... Not that you're not going to take the win, but it feels like empty almost because you half their team was in the locker room getting iced up. So,
0: yeah, uh, well, that's different. I feel like that's more of a testament to the Blues' style of play in that series and the ability to wear teams down. I think that that bench, the, the bench, was a bit of a pride point uh, in the sense that look like no one can survive a seven game series against St. Louis. obviously you never want to see guys get injured, and that's not what I'm trying to say. But in the sense that like you know it's it's playoff style hockey it's going to get gritty it's going to get worn down it, it's it definitely sucks having a player get injured in a completely different Set and then they just come in and play a seven game series without McKinnon the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it, it it's was, almost like taking
1: advantage of circumstances. Right, you know, what right? I'm saying? The
0: Blues kind of got lucky and ran into a Colorado team without Nathan McKinnon. Versus in the San Jose series, the Blues just kicked the sharks, at, kicks the sharks' teeth in for for five or six games to the point where they literally couldn't even field a full a full roster. That's 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 a little bit more fun. Um, again, yeah, obviously, never rooting for injuries, never want players to get injured. But in, from a pure hockey standpoint, it it definitely sucks a lot more to to what you know as much as I want the blues to win I would love to see them play a series against Colorado and be able to watch Nathan mcKinnon for four or five six seven games just because he's so fun so dynamic and there's no bad blood between these two teams yet so i have no reason to to despise Colorado like if it were to be a Chicago series, of course, I want Blues and four every time. But I mean, you know, it, it, the Blues fan in me can kind of sit back for a little bit and just the the hockey fan in me would so enjoy a, a St. Louis Colorado series. And you know, uh, all the best for for McKinnon. You you never want to see a guy go down, especially especially one of his caliber. And Colorado fans, that's got to be tough to see. You know, they're battling for uh, the top spot in the division. They're two points back of St. Louis still. So it, it, he's a guy that they really need down the stretch. So we'll, Let's hope it's not too serious. See, I would be with you there, Josh, because I feel
1: like Colorado's a pretty likable team, especially with Nathan McKinnon. who's just a stud and about as humble as they come. He doesn't really like rub any, rub anybody the wrong way. But but, uh, Colorado Avalanche is owned by Stan Kroenke, exactly.
0: Know. So, fuck into the sun. I know. <laughs> I know And like it is It is It is good Like at the end of the day I do want Stan Kroenke to lose And I do want the Avalanche to lose But how fun would it be to watch At least four games of Blues Avalanche Of course the Blues come out on top at the end But like Come on that would be so fun. You can't deny that. It would be, it would and be you so also fun. can't deny the fact that Kale McCarr is this dude, just the
1: sexiest rookie. Oh my god, watching him play hockey gets me freaking
0: twelve
1: to six so fast, dude.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh my god, he's yep. a
0: beauty. Yep, yep. And then in uh, some other around around the uh, NHL news, the Sharks look like they might play the rest of their home games in front of an empty stadium, which is a not too different from what they're used to But no, but in, in all seriousness They might play their their home games in front of empty stadiums Which the one thing that sticks out to me there Is kind of feel a little bad for Joe Thornton If that's how he, his his career ends Yeah, oh my god If he if he ends yeah, his career It's so vocal and, wanting to play for a contender And they say, screw you, you're going to play in an empty stadium you're, not, only oh you con- not only are you going to continue to play for the Sharks Your final game of your career is going to literally be played In front of Nobody in a warehouse, in a warehouse, <laughs> in just a big, big, cold warehouse. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, it's like Blades of Glory when they're skating in that little, like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Somebody photoshop that and send it to us. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. I remember, I mean, I saw, um, Oh, who was it? I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. It was, oh, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo getting off the uh, the team bus, like walking through what usually is like the fan high-five area and just giving fake high-fives to all of the people <laughs> that aren't there. It's it's definitely a weird time. Um, you know, we won't get into too much detail on on that because it's— It feels like um, a movie yeah. almost, or like it 2012. Does. It feels like a game of Plague, Inc. That's what I will say. It, it feels like <laughs> a game of Plague, plague inc like all this stuff about like it, it starts and like everybody was like ah it's not a big deal and then all of a sudden it is a yeah. big deal it's like this is literally exactly how i beat plague inc I, you, you make it seem like it's nothing serious and then you strike um yeah and then you start taking up
1: the the lethality yeah, <laughs> meters yeah. and then next thing you know everybody
0: dies off and then yeah it's a pop <laughs> yeah it's it's scary it's surreal it's something that's I um, mean, you know, I've never witnessed in my lifetime anything like it. Uh, you know, wash your wash your hands, please. If you're listening to this, wash your hands as soon as you finish yeah, this episode. Um,
1: Mr. St. Louis man who went to your daughter's dance, if you're listening to this,
0: fuck you <laughs> stay home. Yeah, wash your hands, stay home if you feel sick, follow the rules, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. But that being don't said, be a if you're not
1: feeling 100%, stay in your room and don't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? And now? just because flights are like eight bucks
0: doesn't mean you need to
1: go over to yeah. China. Did you hear and that? Some more
0: back. Did you hear that Europe uh, is not not like all of Europe, but like someplace in Europe is offering 4500 US dollars? For some people to get voluntarily, uh, voluntarily infected with the coronavirus and then spend I did, two, I did, I did spend, see that. but here, but the, but the qualifications are: you have to spend two weeks in self quarantine away from people. You can't exercise. <laughs> you looked into it. You, you can't <laughs> exercise and you. Josh have is like, a, well, let me click that right fast. <laughs> hold on, hear me out. So you got for forty five hundred dollars. You got to spend two weeks in self quarantine, no exercise with a restricted diet. So to me, I'm like, okay, so I just have to spend two weeks living my life, and you're going to give me with you're going to be forty five hundred dollars with the caveat that I also have the coronavirus. Like that's what I do already. I don't exercise, yeah. self quarantine, restricted diet. Sounds like a good time. No, jokes yeah, aside, you're
1: gonna jokes get me $4,500 and I get to die like bro <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's the downside <laughs> oh man no jokes aside please wash your hands uh please stay safe follow if if you if you get instructions from your workplace your school your doctor follow them and enjoy some hockey enjoy some march madness if you're self-quarantined uh Whatever it may be, there's it's some good sports on. There's it's a good time for hockey, basketball, all the various uh, events around the country. So it's, it's, a, it's a good time, uh, diseases aside. That being said, Tommy, I think that's all I got for today. You got anything else for our lovely listeners at home? Well, that's all I got that's all I got well one last thing I'll say before we wrap things up is thank you guys so much for listening to Locked On Blues and if you play fantasy hockey or if you don't play fantasy hockey make sure you go listen to Locked On Fantasy Hockey for all your needs as far as that goes it's a great show give you lots of advice lots of tips playoffs are coming up for fantasy hockey so you get the, gotta set those lineups uh, so listen to that for your fantasy hockey advice unless you're in my league and then yeah. don't listen to that because I want to win um,
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah how's your team doing right now I, well, have I can't not, see it I, I gotta uh,
0: scroll a little bit when I took the standing I have not checked I'm <laughs> gonna be honest I have not checked the the is it yahoo do we use yahoo I have not yep. checked the app and I'm gonna say since 2019 wow. yeah I, I I'm I'm
1: currently
0: so you're telling even, people to set their lineups and you're not setting your lineups. I am not setting my lineup don't I am in eighth there. place I am 8 13 and 0 <laughs> Um, Tommy is in first place 18, thir- 18 3 zero. Congratulations, Tommy! Run the. What, how, what was it again? Eighteen three and zero. Okay, thank you. I just wanted to yeah, hear it twice. Yeah, congratulations, Tommy. <laughs> um, I hope these uh, these the, the the numbers on the screen that indicate how many times your fake hockey team beat other fake hockey teams make you makes you happy. Oh, they do. They, they do because you have McDavid too. So that's even worse. I do have McDavid. He might be on the. <laughs> Look, Yeah. Look. <laughs> look, look, I don't want to talk about it, okay? <laughs> um, the, the McJesus Walks fantasy hockey team is just is rebuilding right now. Uh, we're tanking for, for the first overall pick in next year's draft. Um, Meanwhile, Big Girthy Pekka's is running away with it. I don't know if you can say that on the air, Tommy. Why? I don't know. That's, that sounds just, just it's profane. It's profane There's a dude's name And an adjective There are children listening Okay We are rambling oh. Renee He's just a He's just a stout Stocky guy That's all it is Okay But the point being Go listen to Locked on Fantasy Hockey There, there There's a great show Over there You know Get If you get if you, don't have enough of your your daily blues content. Go listen to some daily fantasy hockey content over on that channel. But that being said, that's all we got for today. Have a lovely rest of your week, everybody. Enjoy. Love you guys. Yeah, love you guys. Thanks for all the support lately. I just hit twenty five hundred followers on Twitter, which is. Kind of crazy. It's um, a big it's milestone. That's for you, Josh. Yeah, what thank that? you. Thank you. Unless someone's un- oh, never mind. I'm at twenty four ninety eight. Just kidding. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've, yeah, I just unfollowed you. <laughs> I've, had, I've had two unfollows since I hit twenty five hundred. All right, uh, never mind. I've not hit twenty five hundred followers. Go follow me on Twitter at Josh Hammond NHL. If you're my twenty five hundredth follower, I will give you a high five. It, virtually. Virtually. Or if you live in the DMV or Massachusetts area, we can coordinate an actual high five. But follow follow us on Twitter at Locked On Blues, Twitter and Instagram. Get those mailbag questions in for Friday's episode. And as always, let's go blues.